Can a virus be like a gift? Can a vaccine be like a gift? You know, sort of like Christmas. That's next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Din, 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 din. No, 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 this is not a Christmas podcast episode. <laughs> no, no, no. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. The podcast where we try to find gratitude in everyday things, the things that kind of creep up and then we don't really recognize straight away. Some things, well, maybe we probably should have shown gratitude for it quite some time ago, but we just let it slip or it went along its merry way and we kind of forgot about it. Or it could be something that emerged almost instantly and something that you really need to find a way to be grateful for that thing or that occurrence or that episode or that anything. So that's what this podcast is about. And uh, Matthew here, your affable host, who tries on a daily basis, not always successful, not always successful in recognizing the things that I should be grateful for, but that is my quest. And that is the quest of this podcast to investigate those things. And hopefully as I go about my merry way, making mistakes and not recognizing what I should be doing or what I should be saying or what I should be grateful for, that maybe you will recognize it in your own life. Here at Gratitude Journal Central, we've been doing a little bit of house maintenance stuff, and it's been almost 11 years since we moved back from the St. Louis area. And the house that we're in is actually the house that was originally built by my wife's mother. And when she passed away, we bought that house really as a way to just have something to come home to. And then we realized that we would save some money during the recession by moving back. And it wasn't our intent to really ever come back to Northeast Ohio, but we did and we're here. And, you know, as some say, you should bloom where you're planted. And when we did some renovations on this house, we discovered that it needed a lot of work. And so any money that we made on the sale of our house on the Illinois side of St. Louis, we kind of put back into this house or a good portion of it. And now as these 11 years have passed, I'm beginning to notice some things that at one time, yes, they were new, and now they're not so new. And now the not-so-new things are needed repair. And yours truly is not the best person for repairing stuff, okay? I'll just be honest. I feel like I can say that in front of the microphone. I'm just not very good at it. And I kind of blame my father, because, <laughs> as you probably expected me to, because my father really is essentially a master carpenter. And really, my father taught us nothing. I think I mentioned this before. I mean, I don't even know that he showed us how to hold a screwdriver or told us the difference between a flathead and a Phillips head. And he was much more 
interested in us throwing footballs and dribbling basketballs and hitting baseballs. And for that, I love him and I'm very grateful, but I also would have been even as grateful if he showed us a little bit of his handiwork. Well, he didn't, and that's okay. But I married a woman who's very handy. And if she isn't handy enough to know, she'll spend innumerable amounts of hours trying to figure something out. That's, you know, that's just Donna's sort of bulldog, you know, facade. She will go after something with reckless abandon. And so a lot of times through (laughs) our house repair projects, I would just kind of stand there waiting for her to kind of tell me what to do. And so, you know, we tiled floors and we, you know, put up drywall and we did, you know, all this kind of simple, I mean, we didn't build a garage, but, you know, we did the regular things that home maintenance people have to do. And now I'm realizing how woefully inadequate I really am. So we've been spending some time off and on trying to do those things in between the wackiness of the weather that we've been experiencing here in Northeast Ohio. I mean, the other day it was 80 degrees. We, you know, are almost close to turning the air conditioning on. We ripped open all the windows and let the fresh air pour in. And we took all the plants because Donna's a plant fanatic. She has as many plants as I have different beers in my refrigerator. And so we carted them all out onto the front porch and the back deck. And then we went through a cold spell and we brought them right all the way back in. We've done that, I think now three times. And we just did it yesterday when the weather went from about 80 degrees to about 35 degrees. And that is just really not very good for plants, as I understand about plants. So that's kind of what we've been doing here at Gratitude Journal Central. Several years before the pandemic, I recall being at my brother Michael's house for the holidays. And during the holidays, especially on Christmas Eve, it's been... I would say a a fairly established tradition, at least since we came back from the Illinois side of St. Louis, that my brother Michael hosts a holiday party at his house. His house is, you know, quite luxurious. It's it's pretty big. It houses a lot of people. And that's sort of been the go-to event. Now, I mention that because I can recall at one of these events, maybe a couple of years prior to COVID, of really kind of standing in the corner and just watching everyone and just observing their conversations. And as we were driving home, and I think I may have had a pale ale or so, and so I usually don't drive. And I remember Donna was driving and the snowflakes were kind of falling lightly and all the houses were decorated and we had, you know, music on XM radio. And it was just sort of a, you know, sort of a glow about the whole thing. And I remember saying to Donna, you know, I was sitting back watching all of these people talk during the holidays. And I thought to myself, why can't we kind of act like this throughout the whole year? Like not so much, oh, why can't it be Christmas? You know, when everyone gets gifts and all that, but really the goodwill of Christmas. And why can't it be like that all the time or most of the time? And it's always kind of amazed me why we can't kind of keep that going. That as soon as the ball drops and it's a new year, then all of a sudden, you know, we go back to our wanton ways. We go back to our 
sort of irritated, not giving people the benefit of the doubt, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas during the holidays, I don't know, it just seems like the glow of tinsel and the sound of music and the bustling of presents and just ending the year. It seems to put people in sort of a better mood, or at least most people, where people are holding doors open for each other and they're, you know, throwing out Merry Christmas greetings and that kind of thing. And I thought about that the other day when I got my second COVID shot because I was thinking, you know, people have been encased in their homes for the most part. And I'm wondering why it can't be that some of this need to have human contact and even the most small encounter makes us realize how much we need human contact, why we can't keep that goodwill going once we do away with our masks and go back to our normal routines. Today at the post office, I was mailing a package, and the recipient of this package listens to this podcast, so I don't want to blow the surprise, but the recipient will receive something that the recipient always wants and always needs and always desires, and I finally made my way to the post office, so it's en route. Now that I've said that, I probably did not spend more than, say, 15 minutes at the post office. And, of course, I had my mask, and I mailed a bill, and I was waiting in line, and there was nobody at the front. All the plexiglass-fronted spaces where the next person who was helping you, they were momentarily empty. And so I was really just kind of waiting for someone to come up to the window. And in behind me walked uh, a child, I would say you know, a youth, okay, maybe eight or nine years old. And he walked in and he had this envelope and he had two $1 bills in his hand and he did not have a mask on. So he kind of walked up behind me, not really exhibiting six feet of social distancing, but that was okay because I've had both shots and I guess I felt okay about that. Anyway, he said to me, hello. And I said, hello. And he said, what's your name? <laughs> I was taken back because most people under normal circumstances really never ask that. And so I said, well, my name is Matthew. And he said, my name is, and I can't recall the name. It sounded Hispanic and it was a beautiful name, but I can't remember the name. It's a name I've never heard before. And so we proceeded to have a conversation about his name and the fact that it means pleasant gift from God, but it didn't sound like it was Spanish. I know a little bit of Spanish. And then we proceeded to talk about the fact that this was his first visit ever at a post office. He had never been in a post office before, so he didn't know how it worked. So I said, well, hey, as soon as this person walks up to the window, they're going to wait on me. And then when I'm done, they're going to call you up and then you're going to get waited on and it's going to be easy. And, you know, you're going to act like you've done it all your life. He goes, okay, that's cool. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. So we were still waiting for the person to come up to the window. And finally, I saw her come around the corner. And so I turned to him and said, hey, 
I want you to go ahead of me. I want to make sure that you do this right. He goes, oh, okay, because I'm just mailing this for my grandmother. So he moves ahead of me and walks up to the window. He takes his envelope and the $2 and lays them down. Well, this kind of startled the girl behind the counter. A girl, by the way, I should mention, who's not the friendliest person in the world. Okay, it's like that sometimes. That's the way it is. I've tried to, you know, turn the tables with her, but it just never seems to work. And that's okay. So anyway, he said, I'm mailing this for my grandmother. I mean, it was just almost like, I don't know, it's like Norman Rockwellian almost. I mean, it was just like right out of a movie. And I, and I was so touched by the fact that this kid was speaking to me and the fact that he was just so innocent doing this transaction that many of us take for granted all the time. Well, he got through his transaction. He turned to me and he said, have a good day, Matthew. And again, I was just almost sort of flabbergasted. And I said, you have a great day too. I wanted to say his name, but I couldn't really remember his name because it was a, it was an unusual name, but it was a beautiful name, but a name that I didn't recall or couldn't remember. So I couldn't really address him. And so I conducted my transaction with the person behind the counter who was not the most friendly person. Although today I will say that she had a little bit of warmth about her. And maybe it was because of that innocent transaction from this youth who was very congenial, very friendly, and just seemed like a nice kid. So as I was walking out of the post office, I saw someone coming in and they held the door open for me. And I said, hey, thanks a lot. So I looked up and he had a Browns hat on. It was an attractive hat. It looked very similar to the hats that the people who were at the draft last night, the NFL draft, had on. And I said, hey, man, cool hat. He goes, hey, thanks. I got it at the draft last night. And so we stood there as he was walking in with the door open, talking about the draft, the fact that everybody had fun, that the weather was crappy, but it was like a great time. And I said, well, you sure sporting the cool hat? He said, hey, thanks. I appreciate that a lot. So I got in the car and I was driving home and I was thinking to myself, you know, this thing that we're experiencing because of COVID, and I'm attributing it to COVID, the fact that we have been encased in our domiciles for such a long time that we inherently crave human contact, some more than others. I mean, I know that all of us don't run out wanting to hug everybody. I'm not necessarily that kind of person, but I do realize that I think that we have experienced a lack of warmth in our life, and that warmth can only be replaced by the natural, normal transactions, human transactions that we have with other people. This natural give and take, this natural ability for us to have a platform to do good for other people. And even if that good is merely saying hello to someone that you normally don't say hello to, or a situation where you normally don't say hello to anybody anyway, or just being the first to open up that door for someone, or being the first to comment on something that you think is kind of cool looking. Uh, Donna had a pair of socks on the other day at the coffee place and someone walked by as they were leaving with their takeout to go coffee with their mask on and they said hey nice socks and you know there was just 
it was a warm, friendly moment and a moment that makes you realize how much you miss these moments with other people. No, they're not big, grandiose things that occur, but they're the small things that add up. And I miss that arithmetic. So how do we keep this Christmas thing going? I guess that's what I'm going to call it. That thing where, you know, in early December and maybe through the whole month, you're sort of in a mood. It's a little mood. It's kind of lighthearted. As long as, of course, you're not, you know, getting axed from your job, which normally happens during the holidays. There's just um, a feeling of a little tinge of extra goodness, a little tinge of of extra gratitude for the things that maybe you were afforded throughout the year. You can feel it. You can sense it in the inflection of people's voices. You can see it in the gestures that they perform. And I'm wondering if it might be the same thing as this, that in some way, these vaccines that we've been given, even the Johnson and Johnson vaccine with, with a couple of the, the very horrible things that have happened in terms of people with blood clots, even with that vaccine, that we shouldn't be looking at these vaccines as gifts. It's a gift to help us get back on track. I'm not expressing a political viewpoint here, but I'll just say that To me, I've always looked at a vaccine as something that is good. The mentality of people not wanting to get the vaccine is a mentality that I quite honestly don't understand. I don't understand with the efficacy rates of these vaccines. I don't understand the mentality or the rationale. To me, there is no rationale for not getting it. Because to me, getting it means that other people will feel more inclined to have interactions with you. And hopefully those interactions will occur without a mask and without social distancing eventually. But that road has to start somewhere. So I look at these vaccines as a gift. Call it a Christmas gift or not. To me, it is a gift because to me, it's a gift that moves us back into that realm where we get to have human contact again. I've mentioned it before. I'm a hugger. I am. I don't feel any misgivings about saying it. When I greet friends, when I greet family members, I like that human contact. It's my way of showing my appreciation and my gratitude for them. Some people don't do that. That's fine. That's something that I do. I've missed that human contact. I mean, for me, even the bro hug. I mean, I've missed that human contact. And I feel like the closer we get to being able to do those things and having those small, intimate moments with other people, the better we're going to be. And so even during this vaccine, even during this virus, I feel a sense of gratitude for these small encounters that I'm able to have. To me, they are gifts and I'm going to take them and I can only hope that they happen 
with more frequency and more frequency. So it won't be too terribly long down the road that my little sister gets remarried. She's getting remarried. On one hand, it's it's sort of odd. And on the other hand, it's breathtakingly beautiful that she's getting married to a, a guy, a great guy, a nice guy. And this guy was almost kind of like a like a family friend during our visits in West Virginia. And they like re- connected after decades and now they're getting married and and she's moving away and she's going to be living out of state and and away from the family and you know those things have to be i don't know what's going through her mind right now she's probably encountering all kinds of things and you know as anyone who's moved away from their home or their family knows that that process may take longer than you think even in a marriage situation of getting reacclimated, but it's going to happen. And so we're all going to head out of state, you know, for a wedding here in several weeks. And so that's the big news in our family. And then down the road, my nephew is going to get married. Our nephew who has been in Kuwait for the past five months, I believe he's coming home from his service in the army and then he's going to get married. So we have a whole summer lined up of not just small, minute things that occur, the human interactions, but big events. And so I'm grateful for these vaccines. I'm grateful that hopefully we are on the downslide, the downslide of this, and we have to be vigilant. That's just my opinion. I think we continue to have to still be vigilant so that you know, we can toss these masks onto the dung heap and we can move forward with our lives and hopefully things will be better. Until things are better, I'm grateful for you that you would download another episode of, of this podcast that I think is not only just important to me, but hopefully bears some importance in other people's lives as well. Our ability to find gratitude. And I thank you for downloading and listening to another episode of this, the Gratitude Journal Podcast.